0: Welcome into the Metropolitan Golf Report, and this is Skip on a Stick. I'm Skip Berkmeyer, where we interview some of the great golfers in our Midwest area uh, on behalf of the Metropolitan Golf Association and Dalhousie Golf Club. Before I get to our guest, which will be pretty obvious, the the GOAT of St. Louis, Dalhousie Golf Club. Let's talk about Dalhousie, a national golf club just an hour and a half away from St. Louis down in the Cape Girardeau. Bill Morrow, Jack O'Connell, Cord Dombrowski, they have a wonderful facility first class national golf club that you can go to. It could be, you can play golf, you can have dining, you can stay overnight. You can have a wonderful time with Dalhousie. If you're interested in playing there or the golf experience, either get a hold of Jay or myself or contact your golf pro- professional at your local club and see how Dalhousie can help you become not only a better golfer, but have a better experience in the game of golf. Also, I want to talk about the Metropolitan Golf, golf Association. If you have any questions, As relates to amateur golf or golf around St. Louis, METGA.org. Ask for Kurt Rowey. They had a historic amateur golf series this year, a great competitive golf year, which we'll talk about here in a second. But any questions as relates to the game of golf, rules of golf, that's Kurt Rowey at Metropolitan Golf Association, METGA.com. So to our guests, skipping the stick. Jay uh, in in early spring said, we're going to have whole and We're going to have Ellen as our first guest. And I said, hold it a minute. We're not going to have Ellen early because she's got a lot of good golf to play in the summer. And boy, am I happy we waited because I can tell you this. um, One of the more historic years in golf in St. Louis here in 2021 for Ellen. Ellen, thank you for taking time to come on with us today for our little 20-minute chat or so. Good to see you. my pleasure.
1: Are you going to have any predictions for 2022 that you thought I was going to have a good year? (laughs)
0: Well, I, I want to say the prediction just just before, I, we to let the audience know, we played Ellen, myself, Brian Fote, and Jim Holcree. We played in a scramble last year, which Ellen remembers, at Aberdeen. And we played and had a wonderful time. And I was in the golf cart on 18 fairway, and you hit an iron shot in, and you carried us for the whole day, which isn't shocking. And I said to Jim at the time, I said, this, this lady, th- this isn't over. She's got way more golf in her. I don't know what's going to happen, but I really, really think she's got a chance to win another championship. I didn't know what it was going to be, but <laughs> I did say that last year in the middle of the fairway. Nice. so impressed.
1: Well, I felt the same way when you were in the mid-a.m. I'm, I'm, you're long overdue for that one, so I'll make my prediction for you, but I'm going to keep it silent right now. Oh,
0: uh, well, I appreciate it. You got impressed. one of those. You might just
1: wait till you're 50 like I did and right. win it when you're 50. It's,
0: it's, it's, it, I, I'll take anything I can get. I can. I, I'll tell you that it, it's, it has been a long time, but it's. it's I have a great idols like you and Jim. So let me let Let's start here, and I, I get this question a lot, Ellen, and I think it's a good one to ask you. You've the You've won seven USGA events. You've won Ump Team Player of the Year in St. Louis. Um, you've won state title after state title. You've done so many different things. I I always get asked, "What's my favorite?" or the most important win that I ever had. In 1999, my win was the state amateur, and it was because I lost in 98, and it kind of started putting me over the hump. So no matter what I did, I would always say that's the most important. So I'm curious, what's your most important win, or the one that means the most to you as you look back on your career, if you could pick it?
1: I can't. I will <laughs> never pick it. I will, and Because each title has something significant about it. And I started saying, oh, that surely can't be true. And then I started in another interview t- talking about each win. And there was like a significant, you know, occurrence and everything from, oh, I lost you, I think. Oh, there you go.
0: You something. get the pictures.
1: Right. So uh, every one of them just had something special. They're very vivid. And my first, you know, stayed in win, I mean, that is important. Um, really important. Just your first win anywhere. That's what I'll say to anybody out there watching this that has kids at play. Because I remember a, a pro, good pro, a friend of mine, when I was trying to decide whether to go to a national event or maybe a state am. And I said, which one should I play? And I was young to, to the game. And his comment was the one you can win. I wasn't going to win the national one. Because winning breeds confidence, right? And so I played in the local event. I don't, can't remember if I won it, but it was true. And so that first State Am at Hillcrest was big when I won that. Um, but every championship, you know, getting your first um, Metro, I mean, ask anybody who's won the Metro, you know, huge. Um, just to get that confidence. Yep. Speaking of the Metro, one of the prettiest trophies and greatest lady of golf. So each one was in my journey, monumental, um, you know, I was in the quarterfinals skip, I think of every of the national tournaments one year, right before I, I had been picked for the Curtis cup. And I think i there there's everybody, but one other person had won a tournament. And I, I was like, gosh, I'm on this team and I haven't ever really won anything, but obviously they think I've, I'm good enough. You know, I've been consistent and I was going to prepare for, the Curtis Cup. I was at a tournament. I vividly remember this. I was signed up to play in the Trans in 1990. No, oh, I don't know which one. 94, because that was 94
0: my, is What you won, right? Yeah,
1: it was in Modesto, California, and I was with a friend. And I was, I said, you know, I really in the. It was in June. Curtis Cup that year was going to be in August, and I said, you know, I'm really not playing very good. I, I think I need to go work on my game and get ready for the Curtis Cup. <laughs> And then I had this conversation with myself. People know that I talk to myself a lot. And it went something like, Ellen, what's one of your goals in golf? And it's to win a national tournament. And it was like, well, how are you going to win a national tournament if you don't go to the national tournament, right? So I went to California. And, uh, you know, we desperately wanted to win a national tournament like every amateur does. And I had to play some really good people. But I kind of said, you know, I wrote myself this letter. I wish I still had the letter because I normally don't do it. I said something like, you know, just because you never win, there's a lot of really good players, wonderful golfers, that never win a national tournament. And that's really true, as you know. Well, lo and behold, I win that tournament three weeks before the Curtis Cup. And it was, that is super men- memorable. Okay, back to your, see, there's one one example of why the trans in 1994 was a huge victory for me because it kind of got that win off my back Back that, you know, a lot, and I might never have won, who knows, but it wouldn't negate the fun of the journey, but it still still's not you know, that was a huge one in 94 and fun, kind of a fun story.
0: I'm curious, uh, you know, now that we're on this topic, I'm, um, you you were a good competitive athlete going back to your earlier years and you were more into tennis than golf. If I recall this, this deal. And so what, what drove you to golf and and sort of not into tennis? Is it the lifelong aspect? What was, what was the, what was the the, the journey for you to that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I did. I was introduced as your parents did this to you to golf. My dad was the golfer and I knew he probably desperately wanted me to play golf. So I had had maybe one or two. Let's go up to Liberty Hills. That's where he, he played and I would play and I was a good athlete, but I was good in swimming and tennis. And that's what we did in the summers up at our little old country club north of the river. So I never played golf, really. I didn't have my own set of clubs, but I had been introduced and I knew not enough, enough about it that I wasn't near as good in it as I was in everything else. So I'm not going to play golf and nobody played golf. Why is this? I didn't even know if it was a sport back then. So then fast forward, uh, you know, I was an all around athlete, like a lot of people are in, in high school and I actually probably love basketball as much as I love tennis. Um, and when I got my first teaching job in, in 1983, it was at Kirkwood High School and I was packing stuff up to come. And my dad had a set of Wilson staff blades. I don't know if I brought them up that trip or not. So I just threw them in my car. And then I was like, I'm a school teacher. What am I going to do in the summer? And the way things were orchestrated in my life, one of my best friends in college was at Sue Moore and her brother was Johnny Moore. And a lot of people out there listen know who John Moore is. One of the nicest, greatest people I know. And Sue said, oh, my brothers, he's a really good golfer. And so I said, you know, I'm going to call that Johnny Moore. And uh, and see, you know, just I've never played golf. I can't really. Andy knows the story. My husband knows the story way better than me. But I brought my clubs somewhere along the line. Andy and I started dating. I think our first date was at Tower T and Ted Drew's. (laughs) I hit the golf ball. Somehow I found my way to Phil Hewitt. I don't know how I did that through John Moore. <clears throat> and he saw me hit a seven iron. <clears throat> he said, you could really be good. And he kind of took me under my wing. And and then I signed up for the St. Louis public golf league and played with the ladies out at the old bonfire, which a lot of people wow. remember bonf- bonfire <laughs> and it had out of bounds. Right. And you know how most golfers, and athletes bomb it, right? I think I lost so many balls on that first hole. And I didn't even know the rules, I think, back then. But the ladies took me under their wing. They all were like, oh, my gosh, this girl could be good. And I just started, you know, practicing and playing. And there were various people throughout my life that encouraged me and kind of helped me get to the next step. Well, so then being an athlete, to wrap up this question, you cannot pick up a golf club and be an athlete and not get – obsessed about it or at least either so mad that you're never going to play it again because it's it's such a hard game or you're going to say I'm going to figure this game out I'm not going to let it get the best of me I'm going to play this game so I obviously was in the latter category
0: that's just well that's a phenomenal way everyone has their own way that's certainly a unique way you know Jay and I always call ourselves country club brats because we were we were, we were bro- grown up in the game that way but that's certainly a different way of getting there but you got there and you had these seven USGA titles. And, and what I want to bring up, because it was personal to me, you did something in 2000. Your uh, Curtis Cup year was 2014. Was it 14?
1: I was captain in 2014 at right. St.
0: Louis Country Club. At St. Louis Country Club. And, and one of the coolest things that happened to me in golf, I say this in golf, and you probably know where I'm going, happened that year because I got to, you decided, in good Port way, in the practice round, bring your team in, and play and practice at st louis country club and you invited uh uh, some guys over to play against your team in an alternate shot match to get them ready for alternate shot a little bit at at st louis country club and and i got to play with jim and we played against aaron and Allie, mcdonald at the time who now is one on the lpga tour and we played we had and others from st louis country club and jay williamson and we we played a match and it was two to two and had a great time but it was one of the coolest experiences that I had, and it was an honor that you asked me to do that. And I, I, I what you did that week uh, for for golf in St. Louis and that whole event at St. Louis Country Club, I, I, I don't know where it, it is in your chart of accomplishments, but I got to think that's got to be as high as it gets because that was so cool of you expanding the game and how the girls world, the young girls. It was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, that is definitely up there. It's, it's, you know, so much of our life is the play, 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 and then to step into the role and to get to watch these amazing young ladies and bring it to your hometown, which was actually a little nerve wracking. I was a little, I was so glad. And I, I actually have one regret. I just wish more people would have even been out there because I think everybody that was there. And one of the reasons I did that match, not only for the girls, but I wanted to do it for the host the fine amateurs like you and pros. We had a couple of pros with the St. Louis Country Club. You know, we had Drew Lilly, who was a high school player playing, and Jack Eisenbeis. And so the members just as a way to get everybody excited and to see how good these players are. And so, yes, you know, the to see the little kids and the, the involvement from the community. And it was wonderful uh, to do that and to follow these girls' careers and to bring that to St. Louis and to be a part of it. And I think, yeah, so it was just, I was so honored because very rarely do you get to do something like that in your hometown.
0: I, I, you know, they, I was wondering if they were ever, you only did it the one time and Mm -hmm. I, I, in in the, in the men's game, they get to, they usually get to do it twice. And I, I, I was disappointed because it was so successful for you and it was great. I, I, I mean, maybe that's one time it was so wonderful. I don't know how good it could have been doing it. (laughs) Exactly.
1: <laughs> but, Let's play why we're ahead. We like to win.
0: <laughs> I know, I know you do. But it was, it was, it was just really cool. I, I, I don't. I did not. And I think for me, I wasn't expecting it to be that cool. I thought, well, these girls is fine. They're here. It's, it's gonna be nice. It's good. But it was, it was, it was just remarkable. The whole thing. And I, I, I was taken by it to where it moved me. I remember. Yeah. Jack Eisenbeis at the luncheon, getting up and talking about the flag at St. Louis Country Club, the logo at the flag, and I, and I, I don't mean to harp on this, but I thought it was very cool about. I learned about the logo of St. Louis Country Club, which I had no, I didn't know anything about, and, and the history of the club because it's kind of a, a gem, as we know, that's a little unknown to even me or you. It's pretty cool. Right.
1: Yeah. It was a historic venue. I. Yes. It was. It was. I'm so glad to hear you say that because you've done so much in golf but it's so fun to share that with people uh, that really get it, you know, and I know you've heard about Jim. You can't talk about the Walker cup without Jim bawling and crying, (laughs) the combination of playing for your country and what this in the true spirit of the game and keeping amateur golf alive and all that stuff is, I think as we get older, even becomes more meaningful. Um, So it was, it was historic The St. Louis country club, I can't thank them enough and what they did, you know, the, uh, Jenny Worthwine and Bill Sedgwick and the the club host, Jack, you mentioned they were phenomenal. and I, But my team was exceptional. Every captain thinks they have the best team. <laughs> but when you look at the people, that the unique group, I was very fortunate to have that group of people. And I know it. That's why I was kind of like one and done is fine with me because I'm not going to get a better team, a better situation. Uh, Sarah Ingram, my good friend, was captain this year at Wales, and they they had a wonderful team and won. And she's going to get another go at it at Marion next year because it, they're back-to-back this year because of COVID. And that was a really good call because she didn't – the captain didn't get the full experience. A new captain wouldn't get the full experience, and there's not much turnaround time to pick the team. So the men do do the back-to-backs. The women have, I think, more captains to draw from, from former players. And there have been some really s- situations where Judy Bell was captain. Of course, Carol Simple Thompson, who's the goat of women amateur golf, she got a couple, you know, chances to be captain. Barbara McIntyre. So there have been some repeat captains, but not usually back to back, you know. So
0: it's, it's it's very cool. All right. Well, I, I want to I want to take you to, to this year because I, I I I've given you a couple highlights. Obviously, the Curtis Cup, big deal, uh-huh. the, the Mid Am champion this, this summer. <laughs> I, I, I got to think the trek that you made, I, I mean, all year long, whether it's the, the women's senior, the mid-am, the, the, the senior, as you and I know, you, you've got to appreciate the journey. If you don't appreciate the journey, you're not, I mean, the results are going are gonna to come, but they're not necessarily going to be as, you're not going to be as grateful. And I, I watched you at the Senior Women's Amateur, or the Senior Women's Open, and, and you, you, you started kind of there. We'll start there. You go up there, you qualify to get in, and then you go and you play the first round of kind of a historic pairing, and not only a historic pairing, a historic club, and you get off to a flying start, which kind of started off your summer of, of the USGA championships and the and the Metropolitan stuff. Would you would you kind of talk to that?
1: Yeah, I will. Um, I'll back back up one one little bit. Back in April, I played in the USGA four ball in oh, Texas. Right. And right. I will say that. That was about the all time low. I could. I played, <laughs> played a very tough golf course. I could not. They had had all the winter kill. There was no grass on the fairways. And if you're not flushing the ball when there's no grass on the fairways in April, you're in trouble. Couldn't get the ball up there. It's been it kind of was my my slot. I have not been really playing, to be honest with you, very well to my standards the last few years. So I, I made a commitment that, and I, I, and I needed to find out why. And I think I did and took that into the senior. So I was at my lowest of lows, literally. And, you know, everybody in golf knows when they are at the rock bottom oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was there, but you don't give up. And I, I got the mechanical, the the situation, kind of rectified, but it wasn't until a week really before the tournament, of the senior. So that's the backstory. So I take kind of a completely different feel for me as you know, any little change you make in golf seems major, you know, whether it's a change in the grip, whether it's just a completely different feel on the transition. That's where I was. And so I was able to implement that, which I was shocked in that first round and shot, I think, 71 or two. Mm-hmm. And so I was in pretty good. I thought, OK, OK, I, I could do this. And um, and then I did it again on the second day. I made a birdie on the 18th hole. I'll remember that to shoot 69 And uh, it was funny when I was walking after the first day I was walking by this little leaderboard and I'm like, Oh, I'm on the first out. And I just, I made a birdie. I might be on the leaderboard. (laughs) And I looked, I said, don't look at it. Don't look at it. I'm like, how can you not look at it? It's right in front of you. (laughs) So I looked at it and I saw it was like seven, you know, Annika was up there. I said, Oh, right. And I was kind of literally said, well, that might not last for very long, but it was nice why it lasted. So it lasted two days because then I shot that 69 and was third
0: and they oh, were gonna- I, Before you go on, the two days, I, I want to take you to the press conference because I watched the press oh, the, conference. Oh, the one I cried at? Yes. Oh, God. That, that was terrible. The, but I, I thought it was so cool. That's what's so great about you, Ellen. <laughs> it was so genuine. I'm like, that's the Ellen I know. That's fantastic. It was because it was true, and that's what we go through. And I thought that was awesome. If you could, yeah. still could play it back and watch it, it was It was fantastic. Oh. Yes, it, that was what golf's all about.
1: Well, there's a lot of emotion there because it had been, I think – Five to eight year kind of slow slump, and I just kind of practiced, got it, and to do it in that venue, you dream about it. I mean, how many times do you go out and pretend this is what I would do? Whether I was shooting baskets, like oh, this is to win the game. I'm okay, this putt's to to get in the final group of the U.S. Open. I mean, you just play these games with yourself because it's just what we do as athletes. So to be in that and to have actually, you know, done, stayed in the shot, finished around. You know, I really didn't finish the tournament to my ex. But when I realized, you know, it was the beginning of me getting back on track with my swing. And so and the funny thing is, Liz, I know the people at the USGA so well. When I went into the scores tent at the time, they were going to there was a good chance that I might have been paired with Annika. But then um, somebody came in with a a lower round or finished it. So I wasn't paired with her uh, on the third day. And so I was like, Oh my God, I might get to play with Annika. So I didn't get to, but uh, then that interview, I just, I think I was just flooded with emotions. It was late in the day because there were some rain delays mm-hmm. and I was tired. It's never good when I'm tired and, <laughs> and I just shoot a 69 and I'm so excited. You know, that was, and then Julia, the interviewer was, I know. And she asked me that question. And then, you know, the funny thing is you can never control when you're going to get emotional. Oh, you know, you own. try to keep it together. So, but it, but we're all. But thank you for those comments. I got a lot of comments on that, and you know, sometimes I just get a little emotional. <laughs> well,
0: and I know the weekend didn't go how you wanted, and, and, and it was another Ellen moment. I'm watching on TV, and I and I'm watching my friend here have a putt to be. I didn't know if you knew at the time to be to be the low amateur by yourself. You ended up being tied, yes. and I and, and you missed it. And I and I I I looked at your face, and I and I knew you weren't happy that you missed every you were like, cause I, I, you had it. You thought I'm going to be the low amateur, but you were, you were that, you were cold, right. I had, play, but I know better than that. Look no. you.
1: Well, Andy, I didn't know, but Andy knew, I knew that Martha was going in the right direction and I know knew I was going in the wrong direction. That's what I thought. And it was my blocked shot on 18 and my second shot that ended up under the scoreboard that I had to get relief from. So I dropped on hard pan, and I'm, this is literally what I'm thinking. Um, it's a wedge on hard pan with all these people around.
0: So right. oh, exactly. I'll the Same way.
1: Now, now that I'm swinging better, to be honest with you, at the mid-am, my wedges were so good and I was picking it clean. But I wasn't quite a there on my journey back into, into confidence land. But uh, I was just like, get it on the green. And a two putt. I was I actually had a hard putt to get it up close. And I made a two putt for a bogey. And I walked in. I said, "I'm going to be so disappointed if I blew this." And then the first thing the score did, because she was following too, because they know me and I you know, know the USGA. She said, "You're low. You're tied for low amateur." And I thought, "Music to my ears." Yeah. Never did I think that I would like to be tied in anything, you know.
0: That's fantastic. That's and it's fantastic. I want to I want to go forward a little bit before we get to the Metropolitan Senior because I I that's been talked about a bunch and I, I do want to go over because I have an interesting perspective, but I, I you went to play the senior women's amateur and you're, you're, you know, you're kind of doing this chase for your eighth title. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, and I, and I know the mid am certainly is a chase and it's part of it. And you played mm-hmm. well there. You lost in the second round. It's not like you played terrible. Right. It, it, you played well. Um, but the senior, you know, you, 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 it's kind of in your bailiwick at the mm. moment. you won it three times and, you go there and you get your way to the final and you played some good golf, had one match that was, you had to come back from, if I recall, you, you were down going to one the last hole and you won the last hole and then won an extra holes. See, mm-hmm. I was watching. And then, and then, and then we got to the final and you had to sit a day yeah. because of weather, because of a hurricane or a tropical storm. And then you had to go play your, one of your good friends in the mm-hmm. final uh, and your four ball partner. So I, I, I'm curious how that all sits with you now in that whole chase, if you will, for the eighth title.
1: Yeah. Speaking of which, Laura never plays bad when she plays against me. When we're four ball partners, she hits yeah. some shots. I'm like, no, why didn't you hit that shot against me in the final? Seriously, she makes every putt and she misses putts when we're, I'm like, what are you doing? So, yes, it was um, to get there again. It was uh it was great to be there. It's disappointing to be in the finals and not finish it because you know how hard it is to get there.
0: Oh, really hard.
1: Oh, my gosh. And so – and I've been successful. I've been in nine – you might not know this. I've been in nine finals. I had a heartbreaking loss in, a mid, in the mid-am in 2001 maybe. I had the hooks going off the tee, and uh, Kathy, the guy I played, had seven one-putts. And I lost, I think, one down. So so I'm seven out of nine. And I so I had to just say, you know what? It's hard. It, I'm grateful. Gratitude is the word that I comes to my mind because, you know, to get there as much as I wanted to win, and I kind of wish I was not playing someone I love so much. I think sure. it brings out a little inner <laughs> something, that extra gear in me. Um, but, don't, I mean, both of us, but it was quality match. We both played super good. I just happened to make my mistake as I was. We were running out of holes. We each made one faux pas with our swing. Hers came early, mine came late, and I didn't putt well. I didn't putt well on Bermuda greens. I, nobody, I don't think, putted well on those Bermuda greens. They were very challenging. Um, but the putting was kind of the deal breaker for me. I think in the finals, if I would have made some putts, I would have. Uh, it would have been a different story. But it was great to get there. So, you know, and now I'm more. I don't know. I can't say if I'm more motivated because I really am, but it's nice to get there. I feel like I'm playing some of my better golf and I, you know, I know I'm a living on borrowed time, Skip. I mean, really, I mean, unless you're your mom and you're 70, (laughs) whatever she is, and she can still, oh my gosh, she's amazing. So I really am like, okay, I'm 60. Barb tells your mom like 78 or 75, 77, 77. 77. I'm like, every year I get older, if it's possible, I even have more respect for your mother. So I, I'm just like, but to play it, and even your mom would say, there comes a time when you know you're just not at that level that where you can win. You know, you can still hold your own. So we're living on borrowed time, and so I'm gonna, you know, gear it up, work hard, get motivated, and see if I can't get in one more finals and bring it home so I can come talk to you again.
0: That's so. That's awesome. That's it. Gives me hope. I, I get the I get the borrowed time thing. You you you, you want to do well, and it's. You, you, you know you only have so many left. and I, But, I mean, certainly you've shown that you can have a ton left in the tank, which mm-hmm. I saw two years ago. My, my um, what I, I want to talk about the Metropolitan Senior Men's Amateur, which is not the men's amateur, it's the amateur. Right. competed in and played in. And I, I, I want to take you – I'm curious of your thinking, because I, I, I don't mind. I think it's great that you played. What I think is is how did you approach those two weeks? Were you looking at it as preparation for your other stuff? Because you played Normandy the week before, and then you played the senior men's, or I'll call it the men's championship, just for people to know what I'm talking about, that week at Sunset Country Club. I'm curious of your thinking, what you were thinking after Normandy, what you were thinking going into the championship at, at Sunset, how you were approaching it. And then did it change? Did it not change? What, what are all that kind of happen? Right. where I'm getting at?
1: Right. Well, you know, I've never had the luxury when I was working to actually play in mid-August because I was coaching. So this right. was actually one of the first times I could string together and actually had an option to play in anything in the middle of August. And so uh, I came off the senior, <coughs> excuse me, the senior um, <coughs> open and knew I didn't really have anything. I missed the deadline to play in the senior North and South. I couldn't believe I did that. That's usually in August. So that was one reason why I was there. But um, I did have my sights on the senior uh, uh, amateur and knew I needed to compete. I couldn't go six weeks without competing. Although I've had success doing that before. Um, So I looked at the calendar and there was the Normandy amateur. And I said, oh, no, Normandy. (laughs) I said, "It, it always rains when I play it and it plays really long for me. And then I said, no, Normandy amateur, I'm doing that. And then I saw that the metro, senior metro was. And I said, oh, do I text Kurt and see if I'm eligible? I said, oh, you know, and I did. And he texted back, yep, you can play. So that night I signed up. And then I had the women's senior, which um, at Winghaven, which I don't even know the one your mom's won, the next, the end of August. So I was prepping for that as well because I was defending that that's the I, championship and then I had early September I had the, I had you know two other big USGA events in September so yes to answer your question number one I wanted to put my kind of new technique that I'm working on all the couple things that really weren't comfortable yet into practice and, co- and competition so that was one but it was all about prepping for that getting to, ready to defend that women's event that Missouri state senior and the TUSGAs. And when I saw it was at sunset, of course, boom, that's the 15th club in my bag to compete, Mm -hmm. you know, on my home course and that particular course, which I have heard men complain about tight, how tight it is. Not the longest course, you know, that that I'm sure they played. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go do this.
0: (laughs) Well, and you, and you not only did it, you shoot 72 the first day and that's, this is where I'm getting at with your thinking. I I, I got to think, you know, Joe played a great round the first day, and and, and so did um, Paul Neiman. I believe played a good round. So there there was there was some distance between you and, and the leader at the time. But you know the course very well, and and you go out, and y- you not only shoot the lowest round today, you make zero bogeys.
1: Yeah, that, that was big.
0: <laughs> zero bogeys. I, I, I you didn't really make any mistakes, and you and you couldn't afford to. And I when did it occur to you? Hold it a minute, I because I, at some point you just said I like to look at a leaderboard. I, I, at some point you have to uh, at least acknowledge it on your round.
1: Yeah, well, and not, that's what crap, I was happy
0: like to win this thing.
1: Yeah, well, I was happy because I knew I was staying in my shot in my pre-shot routine, staying disciplined because I get too ahead of myself. So I knew I was kind of in that comfort zone. And uh, the night before, I, I did look and see I was five back, and I said someone's going to go low. I'm not going to probably win this because those guys are so good. Um, but, but, but this year I've actually had my personal bests at Boone Valley, Fox Run and Sunset, and it's all been 67 or lower. So I think I've shot from from about 6,200 yards. So I'm like, I'm playing really good. So I'm not going to worry about, I'm going to go work on what I'm working on. And then when I got off the 18th green, Andy was there and my daughter, Katie, which she's hardly ever seen me play, got off work early and, um, we're watching and there's some people drifting out that came out to watch me play. And then I'm like, well, how do I stand? And they said, well, you're one down to Joe. He's coming up right now. I said, Oh, well, that's interesting. So (laughs) I turned and watched Joe. He was in the fairway. And then when he went in the left bunker, I said, Oh, they said, you better get uh, before that. They said, you know, you might be in the playoff. He's if he parsed, you're not, if he bogeys you are. And then when he went in the left bunker, I I won't say I never wish anybody to bogey. I really don't, but I knew that was going to be a hard shot. And I'll tell you, he made a great shot out there. So I watched him and he had a very makeable putt. I had a birdie putt. I had a great hybrid. Yes, my hybrid's got to work out. I was about 10 feet above the hole. I flew it right at the stick and the members that were watching, this one man in particular, he said, it doesn't break. He wanted to tell me it doesn't break. It doesn't break. And I hem hot around and I missed it. So I had a great birdie chance on 18, which was a great way to finish the round. And then, anyway, that four-hole playoff was super fun. I knew I was at a disadvantage. I knew Joe could get on 10. We played a par five, very reachable. I can get close and I can get on on occasion. And he happened to pull his second shot and not get up and down. I mean, he got a par. We parred, parred, parred. And I figured one of us would make a putt. And it just happened to be me on that part three, uh, which I've played a million times, uh, you know, and just happened to read, finally read a putt right. And it went in.
0: It was fantastic. I, I, I use Twitter. I, I, I just checked, you know, I happen to, and I'm sure you get stories from a lot of different people on how that all developed for them mm-hmm. watching it. Because I was just like everybody else. I just had looked and I, uh, I just, I put on Twitter developing. Because I, I, with like four or five holes left, because I, I thought, well, hold it a minute here. This, this, this could happen. Yeah. And and I, I'm sure many people were texting Kurt like I was every shot to see where you went, and and how it was going to play out. Because it's such a, what you did, I, I think is it, it's historic. Not, and, and I, I don't know why I was surprised. Because as I look back, I, you, you can play. You, I mean, <laughs> your, I, don't, I don't know why everyone was so surprised. I, I, I look back on it, and I'm like, this is this is, you don't know her. Like I know she can do this. This is not to me, shocking news. I, I, right. I, I, maybe I'm naive or what, but I, that's how I felt anyway, after re- going through it in my head.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you. And I, I do, to be honest with you, sometimes we as golfers, we, they're like, you mean, you don't aren't confident sometimes. I mean, sometimes we don't, we doubt oh, our sure. abilities. Can we do this again? And I get so much inspiration from people in my life that say just what you said. Um, But I will say, I don't want to take, you know, it was, it was a big deal. So, you know, and I couldn't believe Golf Channel did that segment. That was hysterical because St. Louis Golf and a lot of what you're doing and Tom O'Toole and our golf community is so cool. And for them to get as excited about that, send it out to the national audience and have Golf Channel, pick it up. That's kind of St. Louis. I mean, that's camaraderie. That's that's the, what golf is all about, you know, when you peel back, that back. But there are other women. I was having a conversation with Bob Ross, and you know who Bob is, who got Blue Valley going, a local, you know, wonderful pro. Mm-hmm. And he was started telling me stories about other women, Marlene Street, of one, who's like up there with Carol Simple Thompson. She's, yep. been, I think, the World Out Hall thing. Your mom's she played is. with Marlene. Uh-huh she's, he started and she's what, 88 years old. And so he's telling me, and I think they dated. So he's like, well, I'll tell you about it. I, my coach, or we put Marlene in the college tournament and she beat all the guys, you know, or held her own in this, that tournament. So there are other women who have held their own and have games that can on a given day, you know, compete. But obviously we have our limitations just because of our strength and our whatever. Um, but you know, it it was a special moment for me. I have the trophy sitting on my dining room table and we just got the base and I went in, I got back last night from Dallas and I hadn't seen it yet. And I went in and read the names of everybody on that trophy. And it's cool because I know most of them. And nice your fun. name will be on that.
0: And you'll <laughs> I hope so. if
1: you don't win the Mid-Am, you <laughs> win the senior. My prediction is if you don't win the Mid-Am, if you can, you will win a, a senior USGA. So oh, I feel sorry for all the guys when you turn fifty. Literally, I do. Well, I, but, sure. but it's it's pretty cool that you know something like this could happen. And it, there's a lot of hard work that's gone into that, Joy you up. know. And that's why I looked at the people in that field that are wonderful players, and I said, I wonder if anybody has spent more time on their game than I have.
0: I could tell I mean, uh, Joe.
1: The funny story: Joe and I were paired together, and I'll be quiet at the Normandy Amateur, and we both just just like two days before that weekend. Uh-huh. We both played awful. I mean he was I think I I think I beat him then maybe in stroke play. He played awful. I played awful Monday I went out and spent about four hours at Peavley Farms working on my issues. He did the same thing I think and then he turned it around and had a really good tournament and I turned it around and had a really good tournament. That's just kind of what we do.
0: Well, I, I would be remiss in my last in giving you a chance in the last kind of comment here, um, to to talk about your family. What I have admired about my mom all these years, in which I know you you, you are the same is you 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 not only taught school, you raised kids, you worked on your game, you've been a friend, you've, you mm-hmm. you while Christ, you do so many things, and I, I that are not golf related. Um, and, and yet you still become a competitive golfer and you have a wonderful family. and You need a team. As I always say, golf is an individual sport, but you have to have a team around you. And I know you have Andy and Uh your kids. And I, 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 I I look at that and it's, it's, it's admirable. And it's so neat to have that experience, to go with a partner like that with Andy and your kids. I I just wanted you to have a chance to to speak to that because it's very cool.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I just actually talked to a guy with golf magazine this morning, who was doing, they're doing a story on amateur golfers, you know? And I, a lot of, sometimes I do not mention my husband, like in the golf channel interview, I was (laughs) Jim Shearing who we play against and didn't mention Andy. And I said, "Ellen, that's so bad. Or my daughter who came out and watched me, like I said, for the first time, because most of the time I was away and they were little kids. You know, and Andy would watch him and we didn't really bring him a lot of places. I did when they were infants and they don't remember it. So they were around. But I told this gentleman this morning, and I'll tell you again today is that I would not be here playing golf at the level I'm playing if it wasn't for my husband, period. I would never I would not go away um, and leave him to fend for himself before we had kids. I mean, we're a team unless his support was there you know, and he is a golfer. He's the one that kind of got me into it. And he is one of those guys that feel, when somebody says, can your wife beat you or doesn't that bother you? He's like, well, no, it doesn't, you know, you know, and uh, I, I usually start cheating whenever he does start beating me. Like if I miss a three foot putt, I rake it back and say, oh, I would have made that. You know? He's like, How can I ever beat you? If that's what you do. So he my family's been super supportive and Andy always created that culture. I, I never had my kids say, Mom, why are you going or don't go? Like some of my friends would say. Cause it was always number one, I really picked and choose what I went and played in. I didn't play in a lot of, of things, to be honest with you, that I could have played in. I sure. stayed home and did, you know, worked and didn't go and play in January. And it's all worked out. And so Andy created, hey, mom's there, it's a team thing. Um, We're glad you're back. We're glad you you go ahead and go. But I've tried to be, you know, balance it all. And I've been fortunate enough that I've been able to be successful. Hopefully, you know, sometimes I think I probably like you do. I I play way too much golf. I should be doing something a lot more to help humankind. And that's going to come. I mean, I I do feel like there's I there's a I'm a little out of balance at times. <laughs> so hopefully I can, you know, we lose perspective sometime as we're chasing, you know, the that old man par. So I, I constantly actually skip to be honest with you, have to evaluate that because this game is so much a part of our life. There's so much we need to be doing in this world. I just wanna kinda of always make sure I'm, you know, helping out in little ways that I can and I can do more. So I'm always kind of Exhorting myself.
0: Well, I can tell you, you're inspiring golfers, including this group, all over the country, and what you not only did this year, but what you've done for the last 30 years. So it's pretty darn cool, Ellen. Thank and you. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been fun chatting with you. You're one of my favorites, the greatest of all time, Ellen Port, and who should Thank be you. in the women's golf. I should be in the golf Hall of Fame. Period. The whole entire country she should be in the World Golf oh, Hall of Fame. you take I'm that up with Annika. The should be. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. That's it. That's the end of discussion. Have a good evening, everybody.
1: Take care.